let's talk big picture and money flows. Cynthia Murphy is joining us, Director of Research at Toroso Investments, to talk about uh, where the money's been flowing. Cynthia, great to see you again. I'm uh, not sure if you've been back yet since joining Toroso. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. My grand debut. Excellent. So <laughs> tell, us what, back. tell us what you're going to be doing. Uh, so I'm actually doing all the running the research and building out the content for part of Taros Investments, which is called the ETF Think Tank, which is our content engine. And so I'm back to the business of content all the time. So it's really exciting to be doing a lot of research into the ETF space again. Awesome. Well, we're happy to have you uh, sharing that research with us. What are you focused on right now? So, you know, the, one of the reasons we we're talking about income today is that this was a little bit of a, you know, we stumbled into it and it was like a, how did we get here so quickly? So we're looking at just, there's been so much conversation, as you know, about, you know, what to do about income and it's not a new conversation. And, you know, we talk a lot about dividend. Do you go payers? Do you go growers? Where, what's, do you want the high yield or do you want the consistency of dividends? What are the income alternatives for the bond part of the portfolio that everybody's concerned about in the environment we're in? And what we haven't talked a lot about that all of a sudden we notice is that, you know, the covered call strategies, which are basically income generating type of ETFs, have just took off in terms of, um, you know, gathering assets. So one of the funds that really stood out to us was QILD from Global X, which is basically a NASDAQ 100 portfolio that uh, sells call options on the portfolio to generate income. And that fund has basically doubled in size since the fourth quarter, and it's now a six and a half billion dollar ETF. Now, this fund launched back in 2013, and it did nothing until pretty much January of 2021. And then in the last 13 months, it's a six and a half billion dollar ETF. So it just took us by surprise how sometimes different stories and, and just can just be brewing there quietly. And when you look at it, it just became a monster. Today, if you look at just the segment of options-based ETFs, there's about 180 of them. QILD and the JP Morgan Fund, JEPI, are about 40, almost 50% of that entire pie of assets, just two funds that became massive pretty much overnight. It's really interesting. Uh, and that overnight part in particular, uh, oftentimes we only see that kind of sensation with a very hot, buzzy theme, you know, a short uh, arc or something. You know, this is like uh, pretty sophisticated. Uh, what do you think uh, the, the buyer base is and uh, who's running after it? Yeah, I mean, income is never sexy, right? It doesn't it doesn't sell headlines. It's that people associate with, you know, retirement concerns. It's not an exciting part, really, to talk about. Uh, but I think it's been something that advisors are having these conversations with clients over and over again. I mean, how many more times have you, you know, are you going to read about is the 60-40 portfolio dead? Can the 40% you know, bond allocation really do anything for you? And so just this income question is something that you know, doesn't really sell headlines, but it's a real conversation uh, you know, between clients and advisors today. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if this is just a lot of you know, advisors solving client problems. And in the QILD example, I think that NASDAQ 100 link is interesting because we know that the NASDAQ 100 has been a blockbuster, not only success, but just, you know, investor appetite for it. So to just the idea that you can actually go and find really, really 
really attractive yield on what's you know perceived as primarily tech stocks, which are not known for yield, is really compelling. Your mm-hmm. uh, QID is shelling out like 12, 13, 14 percent yield and he pays it out monthly. So, I mean, it's a pretty steady stream of income. And he has done that since it launched in 2013. Never failed. <laughs> so it's it's uh, it's really attractive, even though the headline doesn't really sell. You know what? Seems like it should sell, uh, especially when you've got a market right now where a lot of people love the companies. They love the businesses, uh, but they don't like uh, the responses we've seen to earnings, volatility uh, uh, creeping back, uh, even as COVID cases going down and things are reopening and the market buckling in some of these NASDAQ stocks. It's an awkward situation to be in. And basically, this is offering a way to own those companies, but uh, hedge a little bit and try and create some uh, a premium for yourself uh, by accepting that maybe we're not going to sprint higher uh, anymore, right? Because that's where this wouldn't work as well as if we just like ramp up 10% in a, a week. Yeah, in theory, covered calls type of strategies do really, really well when the market's kind of stuck and it yeah. is just all about the volatility. You're going up and down, but not really fully directional one way or the other, bull or bear market. Uh, because, you know, the more volatility you have, chances are the more option premium you pick up. So, you know, covered call strategies love volatility because it just makes that income, you know, juicier and juicier where, you know, a one direction market doesn't really work for these types of strategies. So the, the market environment we've seen in the last few months and we just continue to lean into it more and more heavily uh, is just perfect for these types of ETFs. There's another one for the S&P JEPI that's basically doing the same thing. Yeah, so that one is, is, is also it's covered calls. It's the S&P 500 instead of the NASDAQ 100. And just, it, it's interesting because Global X actually tackles NASDAQ 100 with QILD, S&P 500 with, I believe it's XYLD, and they have a Russell 2000, which I'm going to guess is RYLD. So they covered all three, but JEPI really kind of took that second spot and it has about six and a half a billion dollars uh, in assets too. And it's probably part of it is just the JP Morgan machine behind it. Uh, I think the strategy is uh, a mirror to one of their mutual funds. So they have the distribution to this fund, which is still relatively new. I think it's only one or two years old. So it's really just has that distribution power behind uh, by being a JP Morgan fund and, and having a big asset base. But it is essentially the same concept of really focusing on generating that income. Now, JPI's income is about seven to eight percent, you know, where QILD, the NASDAQ 100, is shelling out. 12, 13%. So it's not as impressive. But if you consider that, you know, some of your highest yielding dividend stock ETFs, like if you look at an SDY or SPYD, which are all S&P related, uh, you're getting under three, maybe under 4%. And these are like your highest yielding stocks in the S&P 500. So it makes, it just gives perspective of how attractive these yields are in these covered call strategies. All right. They're becoming more popular uh, as we're stuck uh, in a little bit of a rut, are you seeing any such uh, willingness to extend to the short side? Are the short ETFs getting some attention? Or are we taking a baby steps here? First, the covered calls, and then maybe when things really start to get ugly. What do you see there, Cynthia? Are people trying to go the opposite way fully against the market? 
Yeah, not yet, but uh, you know, I, it's interesting because there's a pair of ETFs that I, I just was happening to look at it yesterday, and it's um, oh, I'm gonna fail on the tickers. I think it's B U L Z and B E R Z, so okay. bulls versus bears. And if you look at the performance, um, bears is one of the best performing ETFs in the last month, huh. and it, it's up like double digits. But it's gotten really not a lot of flows, and the bulls is the one that's underperforming by you know the similar amount, but on the other side, and it's picked up all the assets. So you could speculate that you know the performance isn't there, but people are starting to believe in buying that bottom. Uh, I mean, just uh, was it today or yesterday? Kathy Wood said on an interview in CNBC that we bottomed out. Was it last week of January? Right. So, you know, the, the narrative of the bottom is here, let's move on with our lives is starting to, huh. to be formed. So we should start to see some interesting action there on the people who jump in first. All right, uh, well, we are now after today, 3% closer uh, to that. Actually, that's not the right math technically, but you know where I'm going with it. Uh, we're now just a tiny bit above those Jan lows. So guess we'll see what holds and what doesn't. Thank you, Cynthia, great to have you back. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Sure thanks. Cynthia Murphy, Director of Research at Toroso Investments.